<clears throat> May we have your own attention? This is Suzanne. And this is Leanne. And we are two friends and fellow life coaches who live with inattentive type ADHD. This podcast is a place to put our conversations about our lives, our work, and our relationships. These episodes will definitely have squirrel moments and conversational rabbit holes. So inattention is guaranteed. Okay, Leanne, let's try to stay on point. (laughs) Good luck with that. Let's go. Squirrels out. You want to talk about, so coming off of our last episode about like how this last year has been for us, uh, mm-hmm. you want to kind of talk about what is working for us now? Like a lot of things are tied together. So if I notice that I'm slacking on like one thing, more than likely I'm slacking on mm-hmm. a number of different things. Um, I think one of the main things that just helps with my mental health in general, and I kind of touched on this the last podcast episode, but, um, like physical exercise and having just that extra energy out of my head tends to just help me to feel a little bit better emotionally. Um, and so it was weightlifting and like lifting really heavy weights. Um, and now, um, I mean, like that definitely helps, but I think just kind of like any sort of physical activity to help me like get the anxious energy out really just Mm -hmm. helps me have a better baseline in general. But the one thing that I tend to find myself continuously like going back to if I'm like falling off the wagon with my like routine and just like the system, like overall system that I have in place, just like on a day-to-day basis, the thing that helps me to reset, I think the most is I will literally just get into a scalding hot bathtub with Mm -hmm. bubbles and candles. And I usually have like my water and like, I'll usually get like a non-alcoholic beer. There's like a bunch of craft beers that I like. So I'll get one of those and like have some water. And then I listen to music. Um, and it's usually like heavy metal. Like I'm listening to something really loud and ragey. I have, um, like the Alexa echo dots. Mm -hmm. And so I have one in my bathroom and one in my kitchen. And then I used to have like the alarm clock one in my bedroom, but there's like a glitchy thing. But so you can sync all of them to connect. So you can have it just like surround like in on all of them to play Mm -hmm. all at once. And that just like, it helps me to decompress so much. So there was a study recently that came out. I think it was out of uh, University of Queensland in Australia And they did a study with adolescents that actually showed they were less likely to be like attracted to forms of violence or like violent, like Mm -hmm. surroundings, things like that. Like they actually, like they wanted to be less around that after listening to heavy metal. Cause it's like, it releases all of those endorphins. So you don't, you don't like that. So, and I feel so much better and less ragey when I get to listen to rage screams, but Amity affliction, I saw them last year in concert and they're very much like 
I hate my life and I want to die and like really intense emotion stuff. And they have other stuff that's like not super sad, but when they're like doing their lyrics, a lot of it is really heavy, like mm-hmm. emotional stuff. And so they get really loud and like do their really loud screams, you know, when they're singing and it's usually like stuff where it's like, I feel that emotion so strongly that like, I just want to sing at the top of my lungs and get it all out. And I just feel like I want to scream, but a lot of times I cry. And so it's so cathartic to get that mm-hmm. out in a productive like way. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I'm done listening to it, I'm just like, <sighs> like it just, all out. yeah. I got it all out and then I can reset. And so that's like, so long ramble short, like that is my baseline thing when I'm feeling super chaotic in my head and very emotional. And like I mentioned, the dam is about to break and I'm crying and every little thing and I cannot release it. Like that is what I do to reset myself and feel better. And I get out of the bathtub and I put lotion on my body and like actually like hydrate my skin and try to make sure I'm drinking water and like get myself into clothing that feels really good. That helps me feel like comfortable in my body and like feel sexy or just comfortable or whatever it is I need in that moment to like feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just really try to nurture that. So as far as like mental health, like emergency protocol, like that's my, like, that's my go-to. That's what I do like in an emergency when I need a reset. My whole thing, um, when I think about like the self-care aspect of it, I, my first thought is like my morning routine. Mm -hmm. And when I like am doing my morning routine consistently and starting the day that way, it staves off, like it gets me started on the right trajectory so that I'm less likely to like stray off of that. Like Mm -hmm. the mornings that I don't do morning routine before I get into like you know, just the chaos of the day, like I am way more likely to like spiral into some direction that is like not helpful. Right. Um, and so it, it is so important for me to like get that, like have that morning routine down. And so you said the scalding hot bath, it's hilarious because part of my morning routine is a cold shower. Oh, that's which, funny. Okay. So I hate it, but also totally works. Yeah. And I, um, because I don't like being cold. I don't enjoy it, but it does do something mentally to where like the first time I tried it, all I could do was like put my arm in. And so for a couple of days, I just put my arm in like the freezing cold. Um, and then after that, I like, I made myself like get all undressed though. I'm like, pretend like you're getting it, like tell your body you're getting in, even if you can't handle like getting all the way in. And then I finally worked up to where I could get in like all the way in. Um, and I can't stay in there for very long, like maybe a minute. And I'm like, just kind of like splashing it all over myself and like hating it. But it does wake me up so much faster than like coffee or anything like that. Right. Um, there's absolutely no bathing happening because it's like, it's, it's just to wake me up. So like those showers aren't, it's just a wake up shower. It's not a bathing shower, but so yeah. that's part of it. Um, the morning pages that you and I were talking about this morning, uh-huh. um, where I just do like a brain dump. So anything that is in my brain, anything I'm ruminating on, anything that's just like clogging up space, like everything just comes out in like a three page, like dump right. and just like scrawled. And it's not, those pages aren't even meant to like 
be read back over or anything. Like it's not like a, a tidy journal form of anything. Like it's just a dump. And it's so helpful because I do that. It empties my brain out. I just, it's not always three pages for me. For me, I just go until I've hit the spot where I'm like, good, this is everything that's like really making a lot of noise up there. And then right. I can look at it. And then from there I go to making my like to-do list for the day uh-huh. um, from those things. And then from what's on my calendar. Um, and then I try to do 10 minutes of meditation in the morning and I try to take a walk, but now it's cold outside uh-huh. and I'm a sissy about the cold. So I don't, <laughs> I don't love doing the outside walk. Uh-huh. So, um, that part of it hasn't been uh, as much for me lately, but again, I can tell when I don't, when I don't have that like body movement part in there, I can tell right. the difference. But, um, man, but those days that I actually do my morning routine, it, I don't know, it just sets the tone for the day so much better. Mm -hmm. So for me, like I have a thousand different things to keep me on track because of ADHD. So Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, like, do you have like one place that you keep everything or do you have like multiple layers of things to keep you going? The short answer is multiple. Um, I utilize Google calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to automate stuff as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. So coaching stuff is all on acuity that I have automated. So that automatically, like any of that stuff goes onto my calendar. Um, I don't have to remember anything. I don't have to rely on my brain to remember to do later is mm-hmm. fantastic. So uh, Google calendar, um, I use the reminders and notifications on my phone that pop up that remind me yep. to like drink water, eat protein. Uh, that's because, kind of where I was going with this too. Like yeah. So, yeah, so reminders for stuff, but then also, yeah, but Google calendar like also has things, you know, pop up, um, you know, like 30 minutes before. Um, so I'm less likely to space things. I, uh, so kind of like the same thing, like I have a variety of different things that keep me going and it seems very repetitive sometimes, but I've noticed, and this, I noticed also like when I was younger, and I think this is why I was able to get through so much of my life without an ADHD diagnosis is because I just found ways to compensate for the lack of my brain being able to function normally without medication. And so I've just like found very repetitive (laughs) stuff. So like, and I don't really use Google calendar so much for my personal, but I use the iCal on my phone extensively. And I actually like sync it as much as I can with the Google calendar. And then I also use acuity for my coaching. Mm -hmm. So it'll kind of just like sync everything together. And then like with my iCal, and I know you can do this in Google, like I have color coded, like for different things, Mm -hmm. like for different, like I have a, like it's blue for coaching. So like when you and I do our podcast, like I have you in coaching because it's like with our coaching stuff. Um, and then it's like pink for appointments and then like just work and different things. So I have everything color coded and I've actually, I have a whiteboard magnet calendar on my refrigerator. That's big. And I actually have it color coded along with the color coding on my iCal. And Mm -hmm. so I write everything on my whiteboard and then I make sure that it's in my calendar on my phone, like on my iCloud stuff. 
Um, How often do you do that? When, when are you doing that? Every week or two, I'll go and look at my whiteboard calendar and I'll like erase the week that's gone. And I like make sure that I have it. So it's filled out for like the whole, as long as I can in my whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go in and um, like, it's kind of like, I kind of sync it with my Google calendar for work and the personal one I use for my iCal, but, um, I'll like stand there with my phone and I make sure that I have all the dates like sunk amongst everything. Um, and so I'll just write it on my whiteboard as I go, because I like to have the visual right in front of me when I'm home and like watch, like looking, cause I feel like just having that reinforcement in front of my face, really helps me to remember my schedule. So Mm -hmm. I don't feel out of touch with it because I've noticed that if I don't know what's coming up, I get really, really overwhelmed and anxious because I need to like know what's happening and like know what, where I need to be somewhere and not be late and whatever. And so I just, I have to have it like visually right there, but then I always have it in my phone too. And then I actually also have a planner, like a paper planner. Um, and I'm not, as consistent. Um, but I actually, I really like it's clever Fox planner. And so it's like undated, like they've got like a daily ritual and like gratitude and like vision board planning and stuff like that. Like they've got a whole bunch of different things and then like monthly calendars, and then they have like a weekly thing. Um, and then there's like a habit tracker and a place for notes and things like that. So I kind of use that, but cause I like to write things down and that's mm-hmm. what I've noticed. Like if I write it down over and over again, like it reinforces it in my head, mm-hmm. but then I also need the tech piece of it to like, keep me sinking. So I'm not like overbooking myself, but I do better with the physical, like written planner and like having that visual where I can write and like like have that tactile and the visual thing, I think really helps to cement it in my head. And I just don't get that from my phone. So I think that's why I have it like reinforced so many times. So it just seems like, it seems like a lot of repetition, but it helps me to like, then I actually remember what I'm doing without having to look at everything so often. Well, and the repetition helps commit it to memory one and two, the repetition keeps it from like, the redundant reminders like that, like help you keep, keep things from falling through the cracks, right? Mm-hmm. Like the more like redundant things you have in place. Yep. And then I use my reminders app. I actually have like a list. Um, cause we both have iPhones, but like I have on my reminders app, I have like a daily habits thing. And so every day I have a list of items that just pop up as a reminder every single day. Mm-hmm. And then I have to clear it out. So the reminder will go away. And I don't know about you. Cause I know some people with ADHD, it doesn't work well for them. And then for others it does. But like, for me, I don't know if it's a, if I might have some OCD tendencies maybe, because I think, I don't know what your experience is, but I've read that a lot of people with ADHD, they have like all their notifications and like the icons and stuff and unread messages and just very chaotic and like not like organized. And I'm the opposite clutter and having notifications that I haven't read and like acknowledged, like that's very overwhelming to me. What is your experience with that? I've, I've never, you know, you mentioned like not having a diagnosis when you were younger, but figuring out ways to like, you know, organizational things that work for you. I didn't have a diagnosis and also did not have 
like didn't find workarounds. So I just like, didn't do homework. Didn't like things just didn't get done. It was all very chaotic. Um, and so I'm only just in the last like year and a half, like learning actual, like organizational things for myself. Um, where like for, for a very long time, like part of my narrative about myself was like, you know, it's fine. Like you're creative creatives are supposed to be like flighty and like, you know, disorganized and like you're just scattered. Like that's just who you are. And, um, and then having my therapist be like, do you want to be, do you want to be more like, that's fine. Is that who you want to be? Or would you like to be organized? Cause you can just like, these are all learnable skills. And I was like, huh. And so like, I just went and like learned some skills. So, um, but my phone, I'm, de- I'm definitely one of those people that like, I have the red, like I have a bunch of unread emails. I have a bunch of like unlistened to um, voicemails, like all kinds of stuff. Here's, here's why it doesn't bother me. Cause I don't give a shit about them because it's their spam emails. I go back and I check. I like, I, when I, if I actually go in and listen to one of the 486 voicemails I have in there, it's about my car's extended warranty. Like it's shit that it doesn't matter. Every once in a while, something important falls through the cracks, but generally it doesn't matter. Like it's fine. So I am chaotic, but I've, but I just ignore it because I only have so much bandwidth to give a shit about so much. And that's not one of them. Like that's all it is to me. It's and not I that think, I operate fantastically in it. It's that I don't even pay it. I don't care about it. It doesn't like I, my life. I think for me, I get overwhelmed, like visually overwhelmed. Like it's overstimulating to me mm. to have a lot there. And that's something that I've noticed that has been something that I've actually paid more attention to. And I wonder if part of that is because like I stopped drinking and then now I'm on like some sort of med dose where like, I'm a lot more sensitive to my surroundings, I guess, because I'm kind of more grounded. Mm -hmm. So like too much stimulation or too much stuff, like literally makes me want to throw my phone in the garbage and never like, do you have notifications on for things? So I've turned up. I've turned a lot of my notifications off. I have notifications on for some things, but I have turned like the badge icons off for a lot of different apps and like turned notifications off for a lot of apps. I only have some that have sound. um, And like, I've changed the different types of notifications for different things, like depending on what it is, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it I've turned off. But like, for me, um, having like knowing that there's a voicemail, like a lot of times I don't listen to it, but I like that, like with the iPhone, it can transcribe it. Like, and so you kind of see it. So I don't have anything that's unread Mm -hmm. or like not like I have no app icons on my phone at all times. Like I make sure that I clear it all out. And so like a lot of times I'll just delete the messages (laughs) like as soon as it comes up. I'm going to, here I'm going to show you. Can you see? Okay. My phone badge has 459 my emails 332 see this is that stressing you out to look at that literally makes me like you saw like I was literally so we're on zoom doing this podcast together and so you're telling me about this and I'm like physically wanting to crawl out of my skin and like seeing the badge app icons like but it's literally gives me it's all stupid though it just I I think for me it's just like seeing all of the demands for like attention that I'm like, even if it doesn't mean anything, like it drives me crazy. So like, I have like, look, 
Oh, it's so clean and tidy one. And it's my reminder and it's my meditation reminder for this morning. And that's kind of what I was going to go towards. Cause like to have it where like, I see that there's something that I'm not like, even if I know, like in my head, it's not something to worry about. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to worry about it because there's a thing and I feel like I'm obligated to like clear it away. So I have like my, like I have a daily habit list and it's like, oh shit. Oh God. I can't figure out. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to show her my phone and I can't get it to link up with the camera. And I'm like, what am I doing? But so I have my little daily habits and every day it'll give me a reminder with a Uh timer. So it's water, meditate, like to read. Um, I do my intentions and affirmations and a gratitude rampage. And those are some things that are like mental health connected to like just for my own like shit. And then I have it in my Clever Fox planner where like every week you can write in like what habits that you want to monitor and like you just check off like if you've done them. So I have a lot of them are similar like water, workout, observing my thoughts. And that's where like the intentions and affirmations come in. If I feel like I'm in a negative thought spiral and I'm really just kind of in my head all day and feeling really anxious, I'll kind of stop and be like, okay, like, you're okay. Like you're not in crisis right this moment, like chill the fuck out, Leanne. And then I like come up with an affirmation or like some sort of an intention just to like get me reset. And it's usually Mm -hmm. like, I am safe. I'm, I'm competent. I'm smart. I'm, I'm lovable. I'm worth like, it's all of those things. That's the running ruminations in my head that I tend to second guess. And so like, I'll go and do that track. And so the intentions and affirmations, it's not like a check mark of like something that I have to like actively say, okay, I did this task, but it's more of like, it pops up at eight o'clock at night as my day's winding down to just like be that baseline reminder of like, did you say good things to yourself in your head mm-hmm. today? And right. then, um, Erica, it was one of our zoom things that we did where Erica had made the comment of doing a gratitude rampage. That was just like the terminology she had used. Cause you know how like Noel does the gratitude and like finding things that we're grateful for because it helps to prime our prefrontal cortex to, you know, prime us for learning and be in a better mm-hmm. positive mindset. And so I've really latched on to making a gratitude practice, something that I do as part of my daily routine. So Erica, we were in some zoom thing and she had said like, Oh, when we do our check-ins, like we do our little gratitude rampage where we're just like rampaging on all things that we're grateful for. And I loved that wording. So I have it in my reminder is gratitude rampage. And so it forces me to like, think of a number of different things that Mm -hmm. I'll just type in. So at night, like I'll go into my notes and a lot of times I'll do this. Like if I'm in the bathtub, And I'm like winding down at the end of the night is I'll go into my notes and I just write like the date gratitude. And then I just start numbering down one, two, three, four. And I come up with as many as I can. And the nights that I'm struggling with finding things to be grateful for are the nights that I challenge myself to come up with more, like even more than what I normally do, because I feel like those are the nights that I actually really need it. Um, And so gratitude stuff, the affirmations. So I told you this morning that I have one notebook that's dedicated to my morning pages. And then a bunch of my other notebooks all around my house are just whatever. Like they're not, you know, it's all disorganized, but 
Um, another one I have that is dedicated is a one and it is, uh, what does it call? It's like badass women throughout history or something. It's the cutest little notebook. Oh my um, gosh. I want it. But that one is on my, I'll, I'll screenshot it and send it to you. Cause yeah. it might, it's something like that, but, um, that one is on my nightstand and that one I use at night when I like, after I climb into bed and that one is for gratitude. I'm only allowed to write good things that happened that day. Like uh-huh. it can't be anything of like what I didn't get done. Right. Um, it's all like things I'm proud of things that I got done that day, like things that I felt grateful for that day. Like it's all positive stuff. It's to help with the ruminating at night that makes it hard for me to fall asleep mm-hmm. of just the constant, like what didn't get done today? What didn't get. And so it's like, instead of the laying there thinking of what didn't get done that day, the last thing you are putting down with your hand to like commit it to your brain is all the things that did happen that day that you are grateful for, that you're proud of, that you're, and that is like the last things you're like putting down before you like lie down. And it makes a huge difference. Um, when I do that at night, I started using this system. You can Google it. Um, it's, I'm doing like a bastardized version of it, but, um, if you Google Monday hour one, it'll pop up. There's like a bunch of free stuff on it. They also do like a paid course is through the life coach school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got all the free information on it that I could find. And then eventually I did just, I just broke down and like bought the paid course Mm -hmm. and it's fantastic. So, um, you're supposed to do it Monday, like the very first like hour of your work day on Monday. I do it Sunday night um, because Monday already feels like the work, the week has started. And I'm like, this is too late to be planning your week. So I do it. Sundays are like my yeah. planning day too. Yeah. So, and what you do is you get a piece of paper and a pen, like it's all, you know, written with your hand because that does make a difference committing things to memory. Um, but you write an exhaustive list of what you want to have done that week. Right. Um, everything like work-wise, family-wise, workout-wise, you know, maintaining your house, like just everything you need mm-hmm. to do that week. It's like one huge list. Um, and then when you think you're done, you're like, okay, what else? Like you're, you're putting on there, like every, like going out with friends. Here's my zoom call with this person. I need to call grandma. I need to like every single thing, like, you know, oil change, Um, the things you've been putting off, but like all of it, you just write an exhaustive list and then you get your, so in my case, my calendar, I use Google calendar, you go in and you schedule all of those things for the coming week. Right. (laughs) And it seems like so much, but it all fits. It's crazy. And so you put it all in there and the like creative, like artsy, like free flowing part of me, like absolutely hated this idea. Like hate, hated the idea of like, you know, being tied down, like this feels too restrictive. It's too whatever. And I was like, but I'm just going to try this. And I found a version of it that works for me. Um, but it is amazing how, when you write everything down like that, and then put it on the calendar, knowing like, this is from like the ADHD standpoint, Knowing that everything you're worrying about will be taken care of yep. <laughs> means you, that is something that's no longer taking up like that buzzing staticky space in the back of your attention right? of like thinking of all the things you're going to forget about. 
Right. So you no, you no longer have to worry about like, oh my gosh, like that oil, like I was supposed to get an oil change and now it's like super overdue. And like, now you know that's happening Thursday morning at 10, like done. Mm-hmm. And it has freed up so much mental space to do this, to know that like things will be covered, <laughs> mm-hmm. that um, it had stopped so much of the like, just anxious worry that I had going on in the background, like forever about all the things that I was potentially missing. Right. Um, and so that's been huge. So the next part of that is finding that balance of sticking to it uh-huh. so that, you know, you can count on yourself to just do the shit you need to do, uh-huh. but then also being flexible when like the first thing that throws it off, you're not just like, well, this day's fucked, I guess. And you just, you know, and you just like throw yeah. it in the toilet and don't look yeah. at it anymore. So it's finding that flexibility of like, this is the plan, but then also being like, if this plan gets altered one day, it's fine. Like, you know, you figure it out and you put it in somewhere else, but, um, but knowing, just knowing things are going to be scheduled and going to get taken care of has alleviated so much of my like background anxiety. It's huge. And I feel like that's definitely something that I've struggled with too. Like, is just like having all this stuff that I know that I need to get done. And then it's so overwhelming that I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just get so overwhelmed that I'm like, oh God, like, no. Mm-mm. And so then when I was telling you before, like the negative thing about myself that I've learned is mm-hmm. that I will self-sabotage, like best intentions are paved with mm-hmm. gold. Doesn't mean you're going to fucking do it, but um, yeah. Totally. So one of the things I've also, I'll say here is when you know that you've got a thing coming up and you already know that when it gets to, you know, it, it's one of those tasks that, you know, when you get to it, you're not going to want to do it because uh-huh. it's one you've either been putting off forever. It's unpleasant. It's uh-huh. going to require more what, for whatever reason, like, you know, when that shows up on your calendar, you're not going to want to do it. Yep. That there is huge value in knowing that and then planning ahead for like, I know when this shows up, I'm not going to want to do it. What am I going to tell myself in that moment? Like right now when I'm clear headed about it, what am I going to tell myself that day at that time when it shows up, that's going to get me over the hump to just fucking do it mm-hmm. and figuring out what those things are for those tasks. And then, and then it's also one of those things where I swear the tasks that we get the most up in our heads about that are we the ones put off for the longest time, time. It t- like once it's done, you're like, what? Okay. Like, why was I putting that off? Um, but it it also like after a few of those, like it builds confidence of like, no, these things that like, I'm absolutely like bracing for that. Like, I, I'm so not looking forward to like, you figure out they're not a big deal and a couple not big deals in a row is huge for your confidence too. Yep. I've noticed. And, and this may be like an ADHD thing for sure is that when I feel my best and most productive, it's when I've done like a lot of those little things, like yeah. where like I do one thing that's shitty and then I'm like, oh, well then I'm just going to, it's like you get that motivation all of a sudden we're like, okay, I can do it. And so then literally like I'll be in a hyper-focused productivity thing for 12 hours where I get all the things done that like I hadn't mm-hmm. gotten done before and I get them all done in a row. And then it's like, oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm good. Now I can just sit here and just chill because like mm-hmm. I got all the shit done, you know, but it's like, it's a matter of like, psyching myself up in order to do it. And that's totally like an ADHD need the dopamine, need that excitement. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to climb that wall of whatever to get yourself up, like to motivate yourself to do it. And I think one of the interesting things is one of the hacks, 
um, to get yourself to get that dopamine flowing is checking tasks off a list. Mm -hmm. Did you know that there's a dopamine hit that comes with completing tasks. It doesn't even matter how stupid they are. If you like have a list and you can like cross a thing off, like check it off, you get that hit of dopamine. That's something that I have on my little system. Like, cause I wrote down like some of the stuff that really works for me and like a to-do list and like checking it off. Like Mm -hmm. that makes me feel so much better. Cause I'm like, okay, this, 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 like, and it just, it helps. And sometimes it's literally like, I'll write down eat breakfast, which also could be an ADHD. I don't want to forget to eat because Mm -hmm. that's a thing. I forget to eat. Do you forget to eat? I forget to eat a lot, which was never, never a thing before. Um, and now that I'm on meds and like, I'm actually focused more like, and not using it as like an emotional eating thing. Now I'll totally forget to eat, Mm. but, um, I've totally fluctuated over my lifetime with that. Yeah. But like, so doing my to-do list and like writing down like stuff that it's like stuff that I'll do anyway. And I know that I'll do. And it's just like part of my regular routine that I do like do every day. It's like, make yeah, but still good job. You give, did. Yeah. Give the girls treats. Like, and those are two things that like I do every single day and I'm no, I'm going to do those, but it's like knowing like, okay, yes, I did it. I did it. And then you're like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm not such a piece of crap. Right. Well, at the end of the day, like I remember for a long time, just being like, you know, feeling like you got to the end of the day and you're like, I feel like I have worked so hard, but I have nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. And trying to think back over the day of like what you did, um, like I couldn't really ever come up with anything. And so, but having the list beforehand of what I need to get done at the end of the day, even if they're not all checked off, I can look back over and be like, I did work on this. It didn't get done. But it make it makes it easier for me to identify that like you weren't a lazy piece of shit all day, right. even if these things didn't get done, you worked on these things today. And so, right. which if I don't have that list beforehand, if I'm just trying to think back over the day, like my memory is shot. Like I don't, I'm not going to be able to really come up with like much that I did over the day. Right. So, so I have two questions and I'm going to try to remember them both. Okay. So have you found, because this is something that I noticed for myself, a lot of times if there's something that like, I can't get done and I'm stuck on getting into the rhythm of doing the thing, Mm -hmm. um, I'll think about it a lot during the day. Right. And like be anxious about it or like be thinking, like if it's like a project or like something that I have to do, um, I'll think about it a lot. And so I spend a lot of mental energy throughout my day thinking about it or like having ideas in my head or whatever. And like, but I'm not actually doing anything. It's like my brain is trying to like form connections Mm -hmm. in order to make sense of like how I'm going to do the thing without actually doing it. Do you Mm -hmm. notice that you do that? Or is that just my crazy ADHD brain? I think I know what you're talking about. Can you be a little bit more specific? I want to make sure I know. So for example, like if I know that there's like, I'll kind of put it into perspective for like coaching, like content stuff and blogging and things like that. I have been needing to write or wanting to write like three different blogs and like wanting to produce more content for my social media stuff, for my coaching and just that sort of thing and get myself going. But the idea of doing that, like literally wants me to like put a hammer through my, 
skull. Mm. Like it's not something that is appealing to me right now. Um, the blogging thing, not so much, but like content creation and social Mm. media and stuff. I just, I don't, I don't like it. Um, it makes me anxious. Um, when I'm the most overwhelmed with life, like are the times that I'm just like, I'm going to delete my social media and just like go off the grid and like not look at it because I need to reset. And I feel a lot better four days a week. Yeah. And like, I, um, do you have, have you seen the screen time, uh, thing on your phone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, So I love shaming myself with metrics. It's fun. It's fun to have numbers about, about how shitty I am. Yeah. Yes. Literally the same exact thing. So like I have all that. Yes. Yes. Totally. Um, but for instance, like I'll have ideas and things of like, okay, so maybe this is how I go ahead to like do content creation or write this blog post. And like, these are the things that I'm going to talk about. And like, maybe I can do this, that, or the other. And so like, I'll get myself in a rabbit hole in my head of thinking like what I'm going to write about or like where I want to go with the blog post and like how, like I'll go through it as if I'm actually going to write it or do it and whatever mm-hmm. without actually sitting out and but doing you it. Don't. Yeah. I feel like I do that a lot with, um, my fiction writing. Like I have to, like, I think through things and, for a very long time before I ever said to like actually write them down. So there's a lot happening in my head before I can ever actually sit to start writing. Um, and it makes it doubly worse if I actually talk to other people about those ideas because I, then you get the dopamine hit of talking about the thing, people telling you how fucking clever you are. And you're like, I know, right? You never have to sit and write the thing. You've already been given the Scooby treat, right? The Scooby snack for having the idea without ever actually implementing the idea and making it a thing. Right. So I have had to just in the last little bit, be very strict with myself being like, we don't talk about ideas until you write them down. You don't get to go to other people with your brilliant ideas until you've actually like made it a thing. So that's when I feel like that shoots me in the, in the foot is like with my fiction writing. Um, with other stuff, I feel like, especially if it's something that I'm kind of dreading like that, like the, like the example you gave, um, if it's something I'm dreading, I feel like that's where the, that Monday hour one system is helpful because it's on the calendar. And while I'm maybe dreading it, when I find myself starting to like ruminate about it, I can literally tell myself, like, we're not thinking about that right now. We have designated time to think about that. Right. Um, And then if there really is a lot of like rumination happening or like maybe rumination is the wrong term for this case, but like um, when you're thinking through the process of a thing to jot it down, even on just like a sticky note and not even like in great detail, but like bullet points of like what you're thinking about that way you can also stop thinking about it now because it's written down. We're going to look at this at three o'clock on Wednesday when like, that's the time to think about this and it's coming and we're done. Like those kinds of things help stop that spiraling in my head, Mm. the scheduling of like when we're going to think about it and then the writing down to actually get it out of your head. So it's not spinning up there anymore. Like those two things together are helpful for me. Right. Does that make uh, sense? Did that answer your question? It totally makes sense. 
helps. I definitely think though, like I just have a tendency to do a lot of thinking in my head to process stuff before Mm -hmm. I actually do the thing. Like it's like, I definitely have that like momentum. Like I really need to have a huge surge of like dopamine, excitement, competency Mm -hmm. within myself to get to that point to do it. And I just need a longer time than other people sometimes, but I might have to try the the scheduling. I, so, and that was going to lead me to my second question. And this was something that I wanted to ask you on the last podcast because we started to kind of get into it. And I was like, I'm going to shelf this. So my other question, cause you kind, and you kind of answered it. So I know for me, I need structure in order to be more productive and like, know that I'm going to get things done. And like, obviously I have systems in place, reminders and my like planner and the calendars, like to keep me like remembering the things that I need to do. But what I've noticed is that if I have too much structure and like time things down to like very specific moments in time that I have to do certain things, I get in the habit of like, I can't keep up with it and it feels very overwhelming to do it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes too much structure actually is worse for me. And so I wanted to ask you, like, is there a point where like how much structure is enough for you? And do you ever get to a point where there's too much of it? For sure. I need structure for a long time. I thought I hated it. And I think that was the the four part of me. That's like, no, we're just like, we're just like wild and free and you know, whatever. And then I finally had to get to a point where I'm like, how's that working for you? You know what I mean? Like, cause I didn't finish anything. Like I never, I had all these great ideas that I don't know. I, I think I had to get to the point where I was tired of my own, own bullshit of being like this whole thing where we don't like organization and structure, like it's not working for you. And so I do need it for sure. And I definitely can also have too much of it to where it feels too rigid. And especially like where, if I have things timed too closely to one another And it's like dominoes where I'm like, oh, that took longer than it was supposed to. And now this thing is laid. And as soon as I start feeling overwhelmed or like I'm behind my tendency, knowing my tendency is to just like shut down and be like, screw it. Like I'm behind, like there's no use even trying to like, you know, get this done now. Um, I recognizing that I have that, I do try to give myself legitimately enough time for things. Um, But then also just being like, okay, it's fine. Like we're now behind. If this task doesn't happen today, can this happen tomorrow? Yes. Fine. You know, like just being able to talk myself out of being overwhelmed, um, by too much structure, too much rigid stuff. Um, but then for me, it's also finding the balance of having external structure, like, you know, taking my kid to school by a certain time, right? Like that's the thing the outside world has given me that I need to do. Utilizing things like that um, and finding them helpful while also like knowing that I have a very strong thing where I'm like, you're not the boss of me. So like, so if that doesn't get, you know, like if that doesn't happen, um, not feeling like I'm in trouble or having to, I don't know. It's, everything's very much like finding the balance of that for me. Um, And some of it is just, I have to get myself to the mental place where I realize that like, I want to put the structure in place. 
Right. And going back to remembering why I want structure, you know, and being like, no one's putting this on you. Like you want this because this is how, you know, these are things we put in place to actually make life run better. Right. You know, this Suze, like, why do you, you know? And so, you know, getting to the place where I'm not, because otherwise I self-sabotage because I'm like rebelling against no one. Like there's, you know what I mean? There's no one here, but I still have that rebellious thing where I'm like, no one's the boss of me. Um, but you're rebelling against like your own sense of self-worth. Yeah. It's crazy. And so, like shame spiral and all of like, it's back to like our core, like internal commentary mm-hmm. that we have for ourselves. So yeah. like we're, we're truly self-sabotaging, like we're rebelling against ourselves and our own belief in our ability to excel and do great things. And like mm-hmm. knowing that we accomplish it it's because we don't internally like believe it like at the core of who we are like we don't think that we can do it and so we sabotage so then externally it's reinforced to us by other people or other like ourselves like by the consequences of us sabotaging it just comes back to mirror that to validate and like confirm that like negative confirmation bias that this is how I am and I'm for sure. Not- I can have a list of a dozen things. And if I get done 11 of them, that You'll one that I didn't get done, I'm like, see, I'm a piece of shit. See, yep. this see. doesn't work for you. Like, it's yep. so ridiculous. Yep. So yeah. So how do we get out of that? Oof. I think number one is being aware of the patterns. So luckily we're both very aware like, yeah. of like our own self-sabotaging bullshit. So being aware of it, Um, and then I think being aware of it makes you, you get better at being aware of it in the moment. Cause at first you're just going to be able to only see it like retroactively, like, wow, it's kind of hard on myself the other day. That was, that wasn't great. You become better at at identifying it in the moment and then learning like the things, the mantras that you can tell yourself to replace that, that automatic negative stuff that's in there. Um, like the example I just used, you know, like you do 11 things and then the one you don't get done, you're like, you know, just challenging that in the moment of like, you're not a piece of shit. you got all of this other stuff done, you know, like replacing that automatic stuff with the truth, <laughs> with reality. Um, and then having grace for the days when like, you know, most of the stuff you don't get done. And it's like, okay, that's because I'm a person and life is hard right now and yeah. it's fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, maybe that balance. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, like, cause I was thinking a couple of things when you were talking. So a lot of times, um, I find that if I check a lot of the other things off on my list that were like big or things that like I've, if I've been out of my routine or out of my habits and like, I'm able to get a lot more of those done, um, then maybe I had been. So then if there's some stuff on the list that I didn't get done, if there's other things that like I was able to kind of get myself back on track with, I'm like, oh, but you know what? Like you got yourself through this piece. So you've made progress in this area. So try to like soak in that more than feeling guilty about the other piece Mm -hmm. of it. Doesn't mean I don't immediately like, like it'll be like, I let myself down because I'm like, oh, like I didn't get that done. And that was one thing that like, I really needed to get like, or I should, or like, it's all the shoulds and the, all of that, that we say to Mm -hmm. ourselves, but it's like, 
if I can, like, I'll have my little like disappointment within myself. And then I'm like, but like you did all these other things that maybe you hadn't been doing as well. And like, you've made progress in this way. Um, but then the other piece of it, I was thinking like grace and self-compassion and being gentle with myself, um, which is really fucking hard. And I think in the past I had a tendency of, it was easier for me to shame myself into feeling like I was a piece of shit if I didn't do things and like just sitting there and like being anxious, thinking about the things that I need to do versus actually doing them. I think when I, um, can sit and just like hold more self-compassion for myself Mm -hmm. and reminding myself that like, you know what, like you can literally accomplish nothing. You could fail at everything and like self-sabotage and do all of the things wrong and literally have your whole entire life implode. Like that does not take away your value and your worth and who you are as a person, like you as a human being are still a human being and you are worthy of love of yourself, even if you fail. And even if you make mistakes, that's been something else that I've worked really, really hard on over the last year or so, probably a little bit longer, but like really done a lot more work where I felt more comfortable saying that to myself and not hating myself for saying it. Cause like when I first started, I was like, yeah, like you're still lovable and worthy and like, you're still a good person and, you know, hold self-compassion for yourself. And I was like, and you're rolling your eyes at yourself and doing a jerk off motion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cause it didn't feel real. A bunch of balls. Like it's stupid. And, and now like I've, I've, come more to terms with the fact that that actually is really helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and the less I rallied against saying those things to myself and really did allow myself to say it and like hear myself say that to myself, the more it actually helped me to turn my thoughts around where I was actually able to do more and get more done and Mm -hmm feel more motivated to do things again and like try again and like pick myself up and try again because I let myself like start to believe that about myself. While you're talking, one of the things that came to me is I think because I have such a gross, complicated relationship with like with the word productivity and I think of it as being like very task oriented and like that's where my worth lies of you know how many things on your calendar did you get done today like I very much will judge myself on that and and then you know and then just by virtue of how my brain works like knowing that like so many days I do not get those things done like um And then also by virtue of being like a single mom and being, you know, just like, cause there's life, but I have that journal next to my bed that I like, you know, write in at night and it has been huge in making me realize the important things that happen every day that aren't on my fucking calendar. Right. And, um, having a log of that, like, you know, one day, like I had like a bunch of school stuff with my kid come up. I ended up having to talk to a teacher and like all, all of this, this cascade of events that wasn't on the calendar that made me miss like three different things that I thought were very important that afternoon that were supposed to have happen. And so sitting at the end of the day and like, you know, writing in that journal at the end of the day and just thinking back to like 
what I didn't get done. And, you know, where automatically my brain would go to like, okay, what are the things you missed today that you need to push and make sure you do tomorrow? Instead, my head went to, I'm like, this thing happened today. We rolled with it. I'm really happy. I got to have this conversation with my kid about how to talk to himself in the moment and not get stressed out. I realized that the events had unfolded in a way that I had such a meaningful, good, teachable, like moment with my kid that wasn't on the calendar that if I had not taken the time to like be present and like be writing that down, I utterly would have glossed over that, you know, in my mind and not been even aware to be grateful that that had happened. So many of the days when I'm not getting tasks completed, I'm doing like really heavy, like mental and emotional stuff, either for myself or for like my kids. And those are all things that aren't trackable on a calendar, you know? Um, And it's so important to be aware that like what we're like, quote unquote, like getting done um, isn't always going to be like tangible things we can see. And it's so important to recognize that, that like, just because like, you know, none of the house cleaning got to, like that house looks like a disaster, but like, holy shit, some really great conversations happened this afternoon that are like so much more important. That's kind of how I use my gratitude rampage in mm-hmm. my notes at the end of the night. I, I don't know what kind of like a turn of events that had to get in motion to just have everything kind of fall in place with work. But I had a really great group of patients the last couple of days. And so I was able to actually like have really good, meaningful conversations and say things or hold space for people in a way that had so much more value and meaning than I think I had been able to do for people in a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And just really having my cup filled because I had been able to use what my purpose was in order to help other people. I, I may not be perfect and there's a lot of stuff that I still feel like a lot of anxiety and that I'm not making a difference, but like those smaller moments, Mm -hmm. like they come back to you in spades. Like if you're able to take a step back and really observe it, you can see a lot of things. So, well, we covered a lot of stuff. This was good. And then I think like just kind of hearing us reinforce a lot of this stuff, it helps me to find some motivation for after we're done recording for me to go do stuff. (laughs) Um, and then oddly enough, like, it's kind of funny because we've talked a lot about, we've talked about a lot of things and like structure and having some systems and just having that reinforcement to not feel like we're pieces of shit, Mm -hmm. um, which really segues well into our next podcast episode about rejection, sensitive dysphoria. Oh boy. That one's going to be a big one. So fun. I'm so excited. Do you like how I'm like, when you first brought that up, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I have that. Number one, just even thinking about it for two minutes, I was like, I I think that's not true. I think I want to not have that. Um, Because to me, it just feels like I'm like, oh, cool. One more dramatic thing about your personality that makes you, you know, people want to be super close to you. Cool. But I'm still, here's the thing. Every time I learn about something new that might be true about myself, it takes me a minute to not be defensive about it or be um, automatically go to the place where I'm like, well, here it is. Another reason why you're like impossible to be around or whatever. So I have to like, it takes me a second to be like, how about we just look at this as data 
um, and like not come at it from such a dramatic judgmental place. Like, good God. Like I, I go to like dramatic and judgmental, like, especially with myself, like so quickly. I go for like, so for me, and I think this is just like with everything, um, and just feeling more comfortable with myself. But one thing that I've noticed is like, I got my ADHD diagnosis and it immediately was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Cause I understood why I always struggled, but then at the same time, it was like all of that fear and struggle and the not feeling good enough or feeling like I was too much came out. Cause it was like, oh, then there's a, an excuse that you're using mm-hmm. where people aren't going to believe that it's really a thing, or they're going to think that you're just having an excuse to like, not take account. Like they're gonna be like, oh, sure. Whatever, Leanne, like, I don't believe you. Or why are you so like, why do you always have to make it a thing? You know, like just mm-hmm. all of that commentary in my head. Yeah. So Um, I kind of go back and forth with it. It's interesting because when I first found out about the rejection sensitive dysphoria, it was right after I had gotten tested for ADHD. So after I left the testing, I had went and started looking up stuff about ADHD while I was waiting to get the results back and see if I really had it. And rejection sensitivity dysphoria had popped up um, when I was looking at my research. And they, they had like the self-assessment quiz on attitude.org's website, um, which was great. And so I had taken that quiz. Fine, I'll go take it. Go ahead. It's good. It's good stuff. You're going to have it, but it's okay. Um, and I, when I went for my follow-up with the psychologist that did my test and he gave me the diagnosis, Um, I had said, I had also kind of found that it seems like a lot of people with ADHD have rejection sensitivity dysphoria. And he kind of, I think he didn't know enough about it or like realize that it was a thing with ADHD because he really minimized like, and I was like, oh, like you don't want to get into like all the other like stuff. And, you know, like, I think that's just something sometimes people have, but like, I, I don't know if that's really like a thing. Like he very much minimized my experience with it. And I was kind of frustrated because it was like, oh, like I am starting to be okay with the fact that I have some stuff Mm -hmm. and then I say it and it's like rejected. And I'm like, oh, well, great. That makes me feel good. And then I was like, oh, Leanne, no, that just confirmed that you do have it. And he doesn't know Mm -hmm. what he's talking about, but that's okay. Cause you then trashed the exam room and it was a whole like, no, I just was like, okay. And like, and we just went whatever. But Mm -hmm. so like what I've found, the more that I've looked into it is that I kind of think of it more as a symptom of ADHD and less a separate diagnosis. It's just another puzzle piece that it's in the ADHD box, just like trauma tends to be one of the puzzle pieces of it. Like there's so many different things that fit within ADHD. And so I feel like thinking of it less as like one more thing and just like, but just one more piece of this thing of the whole puzzle, like helps me to feel a little less shamey spirally on myself, but. Okay. Well, I look forward to, and also dread that episode coming up. So that'll be fun. I'm really excited about it, and I don't and know why. And you, and you. I'm just being dramatic. I know it's okay. <laughs>